If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me better as lead singer with UK thrash metal band Acid Rain or from my heavy metal uh, podcast, Talking Bollocks. You can see my name highlighted in the description of this podcast. Click on that and that will take you to all of my podcasts. But here I am your guide through the world of all things Motorhead. And what a world it is. Um, we are now up to a number of episodes and we're getting the feedback and it's good. So thank you very much to all of you listening. You listening right now, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, if you want to find out all about Motorhead, all about the Motorcast, the only place to go to is imotorhead.com. You'll see a picture of the Motorcast there and that's the best place to direct all of your friends that you want to subscribe to this podcast because you're enjoying it so much. And if you haven't subscribed yourself, please do it. Whatever podcast player you are using, click the button subscribe. It'll be there somewhere and that's all you have to do. Every fortnight, a brand new episode of the Motorcast will drop into your device and it'll be there and I'll be here ready to tell you some more exciting stories about the boys and their past. And today is no different. Today we have Greg Yard, who has the distinction of being the man who set up the Motorhead US fan club and he did it by accident. (laughs) How motorhead is that? Absolutely perfect. So let's uh, let's not dilly dally any longer. Let's get stuck in. This is Greg and I having a chat about how exactly he started a motorhead USA fan club. What I'd like to start by doing is is really just asking you how did it go from first hearing motorhead to starting a a fan club? Well, I'll tell you the sort of the story. It's all completely accidental. Okay, so I went to college, like sort of a community college, like a local, sort of, let's say sort of, a, uh, they call it a community college, where you, you kind of, you, you live at home, but you go to school every day. It's like, sort of like high school, but it's, it's oops, did I lose you? No. Okay, it's like that. So you go every day and you have your classes, and I, and, Twice a week, I had a big break in the middle of the day, like a couple hours. So I'd go to the mall and I'd play a little pinball. See, that's how old it is, right? No video games. And I'd have lunch and I'd go to the record store. And there was a one little section of import records. There were Jim, Jim Records was the company that imported everything from England. So it was all the punk and metal stuff, basically. A new, I guess some new wave, I guess, depends on what you put it with. And I was just flipping through one day and there was overkill. And I said, what in the world is this? <laughs> you still hearing me all right? No problem. No problem. Okay. Oh, I got to, I got to, okay, I got to buy them messed up. Okay, so I said, what in the world is this? I said, these guys are wearing regular clothes. Like they're not dressed up like in uniforms and outfits like Kiss and Judas Priest, that kind of thing. Except for the bullet belts, of course, but it, it completely, I didn't get it at all. I mean, I didn't understand it for one bit. I said, I had to have it, even though it costs like twice as much as every other record. Because it's an you know, import, it costs like 12 bucks or seven quid. 
Yeah, yeah. So I bought that. I bought Iron Maiden, which is right next to it. The first one. I said, okay. I buy two something, two things I've never seen before. And it took about 10 seconds for me to go, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never heard. And then, you know, overkill the first song being wait repeats, it restarts two more times. I didn't, I said, that's never, I never heard that before at all. So um, I was, you know, so, so anyways, eventually a little bit down the road, like a, a year or so later, a couple of years later, I was working at, at a, at a, um, at a, at a place that did had art supplies. And the lady who worked there made me a custom motorhead jacket. That's just a skull on the back of my denim jacket. So I, I didn't know anybody who knew who motorhead was and anybody who did recognize the name hated them. <laughs> <laughs> they were too they were too loud and too fast yeah i was the only kind of punker among my friends even though my, my friends appreciated it other friends just rolled around and said okay so anyway so they came to the states i guess it was like is your late it was like late 80s or early 81 something that came with well ozzy osborne blizzard of oz came to, to i lived in philly at the time so Ozzy Osbourne came and everybody was going crazy to go see Ozzy because he had all, you know, hit record, that's a hit album. And right before he, he came to town, it sold out and they said, opening band is Motorhead. I said, son of a bitch. <laughs> so I couldn't get a ticket. I said, well, I'm just going to go put on my jacket and just roll the dice and see what happens. And I'm sitting outside, standing outside by myself, Tower Theater in Philadelphia, and Ian Eagle, the sound guy, come out and says, holy, so that's my language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so holy crap. The guy's got to see this. So he just grabbed me and set me down behind the soundboard and waited till he got done doing his you know, doing the levels and stuff. Yeah. Then he took me backstage and everybody, and the guys went crazy. Cause I was like American head jacket. Wow. So basically, so basically I was, I was, if someone has a picture of me, I was the only person I was standing up in the front center all by myself with, a, with an eight millimeter camera taking video. And I was so, the only person. I was so the at only that person. stage, at that stage, you are you are literally the first person in North America that the first that the band have ever seen wearing a mohead jacket. Well, there might have been somebody else. There's another guy in St. Louis who, had, who may have some. I don't know. I've forgotten his name. Forgot his name. But they they freaked out because it was like maybe they're. It came about the first couple shows because usually people come like like New York, Philly, D.C. kind of down the East Coast. Yeah. So I might have I might have been the first. I don't know, but but they took everything off me and signed everything, and um, it just was it was just kind of weird. I'm, there's a picture of me. Someone someone has of me just standing there all by myself. Everybody else is sitting down. No one knew what they were. There was one other guy in the crowd who had a who had an overkill T-shirt on. I remember it really clear because I, I picked him out. He was he was the other guys only other guy standing up, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> I said, I said, wow, in, in England or Europe, I said, Ozzy opens for Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having a sort of a mental debate with, with Sharon Osbourne because they, they gave them all, they gave out 
red and blue and green lights and no white no white spotlights on motorhead because they wanted to dull out the, the images yeah i have some I have, I have like one picture from that that someone saved i'll try and send it to you but so was that but, for, was that from the the first time you saw them yeah that was the first time i right off the bat this is this is all still the first time and they're having um they're, they're having lights restricted yeah sharon it was sharon osborne's idea because I, I found out about that so, but it wasn't Ozzy's idea, but Ozzy didn't, Ozzy, Ozzy didn't know what's happening anyway. So, yeah, and up, also, that's I mean, also for people for people listening to this, um, you know that that was a that was a fairly common practice, you know, back right. in those times. And right. and you know, whilst those practices have changed over the years, similar things still happen to this very day. Yeah, the pop, the, the headline band gets gets all the benefit, and the opening band has to. It's a, it's a bite the bullet. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've bitten that bullet more than once. <laughs> right, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, exactly, exactly. So no problems there. But I didn't care about that anyways. So because I wasn't was there. It, was I, it was it freaking you out at all? Their their reaction to you because clearly, clearly. You know, you were you were just you were just trying to get into the gig. You know, you were hoping well, you were going to get into the gig, and then all, all of a sudden, you're like you're like guest of honor. Yeah, well, it was weird because that, that's that even some more that said, "Wow, these are kind of like more regular regular people." It isn't like you're like it's idol worship necessarily. It's more like regular kind of you know people that you can just be you know hang around with. It's no big deal. Yeah, because they didn't care. Yeah. You know, they didn't care at all. It wasn't like you were like, you know, fawning over them and all that. I mean, everybody, all the crew and everybody, you know, just, just it just feels like a, a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of put things in motion for doing the club, even though I didn't do it for a whole long time. But I did make some t-shirts. And I might make them again because I've been asked about them a few times. And, uh, and, uh, I, I, did, I don't know if I sent you a picture. I don't know if I sent Miles a picture. I have, I have a couple of days later, they played in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour from here. And they played, it was the same with Ozzy. And I forget who opened for who the third band was, but um, um, we were hanging out in the hotel and I ha I still have Eddie's t-shirt. All right. It was wow. too small for me because they, they did too much, uh, too much, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> he was so, he was so, they were so skinny. He was so skinny. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Everybody listening to this will know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what the word motor. So the word motorhead means in the first place. Yeah, from the Hawkwind days. But, but I made it into a back patch because I knew I could. I wouldn't lose it. And I've had. I still have this thing. I can't fit to wear the leather jacket anymore. But I, I never let it go after all these years of being in and out of hospital and who knows what, and moving around. Uh, that's that's never left. That's never left. I I used to have one of the little silver. Motorhead skulls off Eddie's pants, but someone stole my jacket at one point, and and I lost all my uh, my little weird odds and ends, iron fists, and all the different two kickies. But but whatever, can't do nothing about that. No, by the sounds of it, you still got you you still got some pretty cool stuff. I got some pretty odd, a little few odds and ends, and all that, and and uh, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, so, um, so what gave you? But what gave you the idea to 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 start a fan club? I mean, I'm I'm really kind of, I'm I'm just kind of trying to figure how you go from, uh, you know, being being a huge oh. fan, and as as lots of people will be listening to this, to to suddenly 
kind of crossing the line and going, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I love this band so much. I want to, I want to create a North American, you know, community. Another accident. I went to see them, <laughs> another, I'm full of accidents. I went to see them at the Ukraine club in in Manhattan. And, um, I'm standing there and someone behind me taps me on the shoulder and says, thinks I'm Alan Burge. I look, just, I look just like him. You know, the same curly hair, the same mustache. I look just like Alan Burge, the guy did one of the motorhead clubs in England. Him and with Hel- Helen Taylor did one in Leeds. Uh, I believe so, so. Yeah. So he, he thought it was Alan Burge. He says, because because Alan Burge is from Poole, like Poole, Dorset kind of area, South yeah. Coast. And this guy, Paul, he's from Poole, Dorset. And he's he knew Alan already. So he hit me on the shoulder and said, What are you doing here? I looked at him and said, what do you mean? He said, oh, I thought you were Alan. And that's and then me and him got figured out. If you open the first page of the, of the magazine, the first page is me and Paul. So that's where it all started. Me and him decided we're just going to do something. Oh, right. Which ma- which magazine is that? It's just that my Motorhead fan club magazine has the... Ah, I, right. I only have one copy left. So, there's, <laughs> there's a, well, because there's a... Right, and I just I happen to save that for all these years too. Everybody, else, other people have them. I don't know how many print. It's all glossy. I spent all, I spent like a lot of money to make it right. Yeah, as best I could. And I'm not much of a writer, so I just did a few a few little stories and a few and discography and the usual background stuff for people who didn't quite know every know that much. And I had quite a I had quite a quite, quite a bit of stuff from back then. So yeah, basically, so. basically you were you were trying to, you were trying to spread the word. Um, of Motorhead, and this is how it was done, kids. Without the internet, this is how we did it. That's right. Yeah, you had to, you had to go get a publisher. And in fact, the book magazine got held back for about a month because the people who were the publishing house were most of the workers were Quakers, and they didn't like all the swear words. <laughs> Brilliant! You managed, you managed yes. to find. So, of, of all of the people you could have gone to, you managed to find some Quakers. Well, by accident, I didn't know. I didn't know they were Quakers. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get it, but it's just unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, well, Pennsylvania is named after William Penn, who was a Quaker, and this is the Quaker state. Yeah. So there you go. See. Yeah. So I, I happened another goofy thing happened along the way. <laughs> yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah, that is that, yeah. that is that is pretty goofy. Yeah, it is. So, so um, there you go. So as as um. Uh, you know the, the the guy behind the fan club in the states. Did that give you, a, you know, did that give you any sort of um, uh, special privileges when um, when when the boys were coming over to the states? You know, did well, you? Um... There is another guy in St. Louis. I don't know. I forget his name. He had a club of his own too, and he kind of treated me as a rival, even though I I kind of didn't completely understand why because I didn't know him very well. We talked on the phone a couple times. But anyways, well, no, I didn't get any. I don't think I had special privileges. I got to go sit on the bus and I got backstage, but. We yeah. just hung out. I'll tell you one thing that never that never happened. I never let let, let, let me mix mix me a drink. <laughs> well, I, I always had to I always had to drive. So I was always in like Toronto or Cleveland or Philly or something. But yeah. I had to drive and I seen I see I watched let me mix drinks and there's not there's no mixing involved. I said, no, <laughs> it's it's like it's up to the up to the lip with vodka and then a splash of something orange on top. Yeah. So I said I couldn't let him mix me. So I never even had a drink with him. I know, I know that I know the feeling. No, I'm. I mean, I'm. If I'm, if I'm driving, you know, doing interviews, stuff like that, whatever I'm doing, invariably I'm driving when I do comedy. I'm the driver, so I know exactly what you mean. 
yeah. and to be honest lemmy would be the very worst person yeah. to mix it oh just have one well well that's now there's that's another thing. So now that you offered me some some powdered substances al- along the way, but I didn't take them either because I had to drive some long distances sometimes. But all oh, right, and and he you, thought he had something that could help you. Yeah, exactly. Keep me awake. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a Scoot had this funny story. They played a festival, and I think it was a they were extinction. They were extinct, and they played some festival someplace, and Motorhead was playing. And let me remember who I was after all those years, and. They went, they went backstage and having a drink. And then he goes, you want a drink? You want some, you want a drink? And, you know, like a, a Jack, of course. And he, he, instead of giving him like a drink, like a, like, a, like a glass of something, he reached in a case and gave him a, a you know, like a liter of Jack Daniel as a drink. <laughs> like pass it around, like for each one of them. He said, wait a second. <laughs> so that's what problem is with Lemmy. You don't understand what the what drink means. Because <laughs> he, has, he has full access, so. So there you go. So, yeah, and, so, uh, and a very, very familiar tale of um, uh, a very familiar tale over the years of of you know people meeting Lenny, Lemmy, and uh, and their experience. Um, what were the what were the rest of the band like? Because presumably you went, you know, you've like everybody else, you know, you you you, you stuck by them through the lineups. Well, yeah, I mean, we I've seen I didn't see him like toward like the last section, but I did see him with Phil and Wurzel and all that. But, but I actually did, I didn't know Phil there, I mean, Filthy Phil that well. Because he, he was sort of like an, an oddball in his own way, but he was just funny to kind of just be around him, just do whatever he wants. And it's like, okay, it's, that's like, it's sort of like Phil being Phil kind of thing. And Eddie was quieter, you know, more like, in, in, intros, maybe introspective, more like, a, I don't know what you want to say. It's just a different, uh, I know he came from more like a blues background, what that, that blues band he was in before Motorhead. But uh, it did get me in to see Fast Way once for, for nothing. Fast Way and ACDC. <laughs> oh, great. So, yeah, so I actually I impressed my girlfriend at the time. I said, wow, you guys backstage to Fast Way and, and ACDC. <laughs> That's awesome. For you, you were connected for one night. Well, by accident. Just, I just called and said, can I can I come to the show? I wasn't gonna go. I wasn't gonna go till he. So he, they said yes. I said, okay, I'll call. I said it looks it looks, it looks, it looks good on the uh, on the on the, is it the, the BC. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But, um, so, so um, do you have any? Um, do you have any? I, I'm, I'm given that you're across the um, you know you're over in the states. What was yeah, the I mean, and do do you remember at the time? What was the reaction to? Um, uh, no sleep till Hammersmith, like because obviously, just the title, the title straight off the bat is 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 kind of a, a, a bit of a, you know, it, it, back in those times, it wasn't exactly a world famous venue that everybody knew of. Um, well, I think I think the, the I, I knew it, and some people knew it because of the, Cl- the Clash cover song, Midnight, you know, you know, White Man in Hammersmith Palais. Right. Yeah. So that's how I knew it already. I knew it because of that already and so some people knew it but i think people didn't get the idea what that i knew that the no sleep parts isn't, isn't too difficult <laughs> but yeah but you know i, I think i think hammersmith kind of is would be confusing to people but unless you're like a football supporter i mean you know or something like that but yeah i don't think that, i don't think the palace is on that is on the same side as west ham i guess the other side uh yeah but, yeah no that's that's somewhere completely different 
Yeah, well, West Ham's East London, the Cockney and, and that's Hammersmith, Hammersmith Palace is on the West well, side. That's right, right. yeah. Well, I watch a lot of football. I'm, I'm good at geography, so... Ah, right. Okay. Well, I'm. Well, I am. Uh, for your for your, for geographical purposes, I am about a twenty minute drive from the Hammersmith Odeon. I'm originally from Yorkshire, and I support Leeds United. Oh, <laughs> the, the war, the, the war of the, of the white and red roses, or something like that. I'm, That's I'm right. The war of the roses, I'm, Yorkshire I'm and a, Lancashire. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Man U supporter. Oh, I might have known. I might have known. You, yeah, live, you live as close like, to the. You live as close I mean, to the like, ground as most of the fans do. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But see, I'm I'm not, I'm actually 96, so I'm not like brand new. I had to pick between, I had to pick between Manchester United and Newcastle United. Oh, because, right. Okay. I read I, I read Viz. Right. Well, it, well, a lifetime of pain would have been yours if it had been Newcastle United. So I think I think well, you yeah. actually chose wisely. I, I've been to I've been to St James's Park and I've been to Old Trafford. So wow, good for um, you, man. That's awesome. So, so um, I didn't go inside because Scoot was with me, and he's a he supports Newcastle, and he didn't want to go inside Old Trafford. He was gonna, he was going to go anyways and buckle down as a friend. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to make you sit through. It was a Champions League match against Galatasaray. Right. right. We were coming back. We were coming back from seeing his dad in, in Ireland, and we could have came back a day early and actually gone to a match. I said no, let's see your dad. Don't worry about it. And it was, it, the match was on TV on telly anyway on the ferry to Hollyoak to Hollyhead anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna oh, make someone cool, suffer suffer for thirty quid for just because I want to see the match. Yeah, so yeah. No well, let's um, let's get, let's get back to uh, let's yeah, get right, off football. I know it's all yeah. right. I could, I could talk to you all day, mate. Um, right. So um, yeah. As regards um, uh, no sleep till Hammersmith. By then, right. was it was it easier to get hold of Motorhead albums by then? Yeah, I think. Well, obviously, Ace of Spades changed the whole thing. Yeah. Because the 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 buildup, I think, was uh, the the golden years hit number one that got them, and they did. And one of the songs being being a, a Motown song, Motown cover, so it, it kind of maybe kind of opened things up a bit. But a lot of the punks are here already. Everybody had Ace of Spades. Every single person Ace of Spades. Absolutely no problem. No matter who you were, actually, the jacket saved. Save me from getting to a, getting beat a beat down from some Black Flag fans. So I went to see the Misfits at the same the same club like around the same time, and they were all mad because they didn't like the Misfits. They called them the Kiss Spits. <laughs> and then I had long hair and everything, and the jacket on, and the Black Flag fans goes, "Motorhead, they rule." <laughs> so they let me alone. Nice. So the jacket was kind of a, a buffer because everybody had everybody the punkers like Motorhead. And, and I think Lemmy didn't completely understand why the punkers liked them. Even though they played with the damned a few times and they were like best mates with like the guys from the damned. But then they quite quite didn't absorb it the same way as the States, it doesn't matter so much if punk and metal are together and there's more separation in maybe in Europe or in England. Yeah, yeah, I know I know what you mean. There's the the certainly the the crossover sort of hardcore and metal and the crossover movement of the, of the kind of um, mid to late eighties definitely kind of seemed to start in the, in the U S and, and, and kind of influenced over here where, where, where punk started. Right. Exactly. Oh, and I know Lemmy was a big, you know, really into the Ramones uh, for sure. I think cause he thought of them as like sort of like unique one of one. I call them, I say one of one, like Motorhead was one of one sort of thing 
Well, the thing about Motorhead is, is as you've just as you've touched on there, it's like you know, look, uh, m- people in the metal liked um, Motorhead, people in the punk liked Motorhead, people in the hardcore like you know, you know, there was basically there was there was just this kind of appreciation of what of what they did from from, from all corners. Um, and, and as you said, you know, you can end up with all sorts of different types of people. And then of course they, you know, they inspire a whole whole generation of, of metalers to then go out and create thrash metal. And there's, and there's another, you know, there's another genre where motorhead are, are are welcome, um, for, for such a loud raucous band, um, they were incredibly well liked across so many genres. Well, I I was saying, and still are. Yeah, I was writing with Scoot, uh, Scoot and with uh, your, your, I guess your friend Miles. I said you get like stuff like GBH and Discharge and all that kind, all that sort of stuff. That's all, and you know, anti CMEX also it sounds Motorhead ish. And then I said, I you know, I've never, I don't recall ever hearing hearing a single thing. I, I don't go looking around digging up for stuff, but people being like pissed at Motorhead or Lemmy in general, like you know, being like having a grind, an axe to grind, or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't. I never crossed my. Never crossed my. Everybody wants a picture with them, you know. Yeah, everybody wants to. Everybody wanted to say that they'd seen Lemmy, they'd met Lemmy. Right. The, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm one of my my best friends. Um, when I told him I was doing this podcast, he said, "Oh, I've got a Lemmy story," which doesn't surprise me because it's like anybody who is into metal seems to have a Lemmy story. Um, and he said, "Yeah, he was playing. He was playing the Fruit Machine down in the San Moritz one night, and he was on it. And Lemmy stood next to him, watching for about ten minutes. And um, uh, and after ta- he didn't say a word. And my mate was just lo- <laughs> my mate was losing money, and then he won a load <laughs> of money. And Lemmy just said, "It's a mugs game," and walked off. Um, that's, that's about that's about right. <laughs> so, I mean, he was trying some, to he was trying to get is. he was trying to get my mate off the machine so he right. could play it. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the, the summation and the uh, deliberation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what are your um? Did um? Did you did you get to hang out with um with with, with Lemmy much back in the day and you know throughout your time running the club? Well, just bits and pieces and stuff. I mean, I, I, I didn't like being intrusive because I'm not, I'm not like a uh, sort of, let's say, star chaser kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, if they invited me along, then I went along and I didn't do, the, do their thing. I didn't eat all their food. Like, I had people who went with me who tried to eat all their food and drink all their drinks. I said, no, no, you're not coming anymore. Yeah. So, no, it's, this, is their, this is their thing. I'm here. I'm enjoying having a good, have, enjoying, I'm enjoying myself and that's fine. You know, I got I got to see some things that no one's gonna see. Like in Toronto, I was the only person at the sound check to see him play Train Kippa Rolling. Wow. I was the only person in the crowd. Yeah. But they won't but let me still wouldn't play my favorite song is uh Stone Dead Forever. He wouldn't play. He says, Well, we play 20 songs, and that's always 21. I said, Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I begged him a couple of times, I said, Okay, I'm gonna stop begging. Then he played Train Kippa Rolling. So okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So not you know, so not too bad. Yeah, and sure. You did did, did 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 dedicate Capricorn to me at Toronto because he found out I was Capricorn because he's into astrology. He was into astrology and he bought me a Capricorn belt buckle, which I didn't I so I don't have anymore. Oh man, what happened to that? I don't I haven't got a clue. It's been so many so much moving around and stuff. 
but it was a real yeah. nice, like, like three-dimensional goat's head, whole big, whole deal. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, he, he searched me out in, in, in a stadium. I guess it's Rogers Center, whatever it is, or wherever it's at. I can't remember what the name of the place is anymore in Toronto. But, uh, but uh, he searched me out, Greg, Greg, how are you present? <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. it was kind of kind of surprising so but he's got a, he's, he's always sharp memory and and i don't think anyone give him give him under under i think everybody gave him proper credit for being intelligent i don't think everybody short sold him yeah yeah well i i think um it, that i mean that story as well that you just said about him like you know hunting you down and such a such a, a thoughtful gift and such a thoughtful yeah. thing to do and that seems to be that does seem to be a recurring theme yeah is you know the people have there's a there's a lot of you know there's a lot of love for lemmy you know oh, yeah. it sounds like an obvious thing to say but it's it he's 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 done a lot to earn it you know yeah well he's not he's, he's comfortable comfortable in his own skin he didn't don't have to worry about lying about anything yeah yeah, it, it's um, he was very much down the middle. Um, I mean, when when he when he moved to the states, did you did you see any more of him? Did you call in on him at all when you were around? No, because he was in L.A. I only been in L.A. one time, and that's, ah. I know he had the the position at the uh, the is it the whiskey or whatever? Not the whiskey. The rainbow. The that's it. Yeah, I did. I never been in. I, I was in there once years before he that he moved. I was there because I went and saw a band play down the down the street. Uh, at the whiskey a go-go the court 45 grave yeah i saw 45 grave so but uh so no, that's it now when, when the magazine was in full flight you know when, right. it, when how much of your how much of your time was it taking up i mean I'm, I, I can imagine it being a, a pretty much a, a full-time hobby like having a full-time job and a full-time hobby yeah well, i did have a full-time job it just it just kind of it was something i wasn't used to i was used to making like 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 little goofy flyers for people to send letters with, you know, like like flyers you make for gigs. I didn't mind doing that, making something funny, and I had, had, you know, I didn't mind doing that kind of thing. And I did eventually start making like own little sort of fanzine for other stuff, just for like my own like goofy stuff, like little punk punk zine kind of things. But it, there was an education. <laughs> yeah, I can sure. imagine because you would you just you started out doing this. I mean, you know, what knowledge did you have of of, of creating a, a fan club magazine? None. I didn't think anyone ever had any. I think I think the best you could do is say if you got if you got like a, a like a a flexi pop magazine or a, or a hit parade or something or you know like a or a cream magazine or one of those kind. Of, you know, yeah. that didn't do anything good because I'm, I'm not a writer and I don't have a, a staff of photographers, so I had to rely on like bronze records and stiff and that's poly i guess poly poly door here to get like the little packets of information and and, and you know regular you know still shots and all that yeah they even have one of the still shots it says, it says photograph taken by greg yard he said i didn't take that picture they gave it to me i just someone stuck my name on it i said it's nice of them but that's not me <laughs> that's, br that's brilliant so, so you got you got sent a picture and it was credited to it was credited yeah. to you, despite it's a, stock, it's a stock. It's a standard stock photo that everybody's probably seen a million times. And I said, I didn't take it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, so it's stuck in there somewhere. It's it's on the Ethereum, I guess. Is that the word, right? Yeah. 
So there so, you go. So, so you, you you just built up your kind of yeah. I, I guess it was trial and error. Well, that's all you can do is it's like I said, like, sort of an education in that way. Back you know when you like I said before the internet, all the digital stuff, and and you had to go from place to place, and you had to go to New York and get see the guys at Poly, you know, the people at Polydor, and and get rides places, and just you know. They were more angry. They were they were more happy. They were happy to see me <laughs> because I, I was like the like the like the loyalist like the loyalist motorhead fan like right right in the, right there. I guess I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I you know, this is the, you were the you were the earliest form of what is now called a street team. You know, it's oh like, yeah, I guess so. Um, team of, street team of about three. <laughs> and and how many how many years did you um uh did you do this for? No, it wasn't very long. It was only a couple because it, it just had to be. Just trying to figure it all out and keep track of everything, we got to be more than I could handle. Right. So, so it just got to be like just more mental, like trying to do everything else. It, like, you know, having a, a regular life, it'd be different. I was like, if I was, you know, I, maybe if I was a musician, I, I can play. I had the same exact basses on me too, same sticker the whole bit. But <laughs> if I was, if I was more involved in, let's say everyday music stuff yeah been different than having to do you know work in a warehouse and drive a forklift and that sort of thing yeah so i had to i had to call time on it but you know but some every once in a while you get something pops up and some people remember and that's okay well i think as well is it it must have been it must have been a case of look you know ultimately there's no, there was there's no money in those things either and so it, you would you were you had two two full time jobs, a demanding sort of physical day job, and I guess after a while, it, you, you know, you just start thinking, "Yeah, I, I, I'm not loving this." Well, I, I mean, I wasn't like looking for money, but I guess if you're looking to kind of at least get near breaking even, it's fine enough. I think it's just more like keeping track of everything was kind of getting like more in the head, trying to remember all the people, and and I'm not so much of like filing and i mean i had a little record label for a while and trying to keep track of everything was i mean after that but trying to keep track of all the stuff you eventually have to okay i gotta, you gotta draw a line under it would be the right way to say it but politely draw a line under it. and when they when when uh and i and not to jump ahead too far but i was there when they broke up when they actually called time at the palladium in new york right in front of me. wow so it was pretty weird. And I got to sign, I saw the first gig with Brian Robertson on, on Hempstead, Long Island. So it was all pretty bizarre. Yeah, that sounds it. And how did you, um, so when the next time you saw the boys, uh, presumably you had to break the news that you were no longer running the um, the, the magazine. And uh, how did they take it? I don't remember exactly, but I don't think there was like, there was like that much of a bother. I mean, yeah. they haven't, by that, I mean, by then they had enough, there's enough going on. There's other people doing it all over, all around with that kind of stuff. And, and I just like, you know, being like we were friends and all that. That yeah. was, was, that was fine. It didn't have to be, I didn't need like anything special. I didn't need any special treats. I didn't need any t-shirts. Like I didn't need, you know, I didn't need anything. That was fine. Just, just being, you know, that, that's all. It was just fine as it was just being. Yeah being getting along and did you um uh when, when was the when, when was the last time you saw lemmy 
Oh, I don't even, I can't even tell you. I don't remember. I think it was in, it was quite a while ago. Right. It me and, me and, me and my, the radio friend of mine, Jay, so we, you, trip, we, we saw him in Philly, the second, the, the third version of the band. But right. so it's, been, you look, it's been a long time. You kind of, uh, not, not so much lost touch over the years, but I presume you were just, you know, we, we, we all, we all have our own lives to live, don't we? <coughs> yeah, well, I didn't, um, I didn't feel like, you know, I think I felt bad. I, well, like when I, if I, when I seen them afterwards, I didn't have to like be backstage. I didn't have to bug them or anything. I'd, I'd like just hearing the music and I didn't have to be infiltrate. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. So I didn't mind. I'm just a short, a short little couple year span. And in, in, I guess in, the, in that history, you know, a little, a little, a little blip. That's okay. Yeah. You were, you were in the, you were in the inner sanctum there for a, for a little while. Yeah. I was, Early on, when most people didn't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and um, so, what's any any favorite uh, Motorhead album? Any, any one that sticks out for you more than any? Well, just because Overkill was so, just hit me so hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, over. I think it's. I think it has to be Overkill. And yeah. I have my my little picture. I I keep. I have twenty four cans of smashed up beer. I mean, you know, empty ones, of course. They just call. I call it a damage case. Yeah, so it's been that was my logo for a little while, but <laughs> that's brilliant. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant. <laughs> um, well, look, Gregory, um, I look, this has been great. I really do appreciate you sharing your time with me, um, and you know, and going over the past and telling us all about this. I really do. And you know, people listening will be chuffed to hear all of these little bits and pieces. It's, um, it, it's, it's been a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for thinking of me, uh, Howard and, and Miles, and who brought it all up in the first place. So no problems at all. I'm not. I don't talk very much, but, uh, but <laughs> well, you, you, wriggled, you, you wriggled a few nuggets out of me. I, I, a few, a few nuggets, and um, a, a definite, definite um, uh, shared love of um, <laughs> of, of, of UK uh, UK football. So um. yeah, and I got <laughs> my voice is halfway to let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, you take care and um, uh, look after yourself. I'll take care of yourself, all right? Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you, Greg. And as I always say, I hope that was as enjoyable to listen to as it was to do. And I don't know about you, but I really kind of felt like Greg was letting us in on stories that he doesn't tell very often. Um, And... It was it was a real privilege, and I, that describes how I'm feeling about hosting this show. It really does. It feels like a real privilege um, to do this and be part of sort of curating the Motorhead legend. Um, it really is an honour. Don't think, any of you, don't think that I don't really appreciate it and know exactly how important it is as well. Uh, because we're finding stories like Greg's, we are really trying to make this all-encompassing. Um, we don't want you to just hear the interviews that with, with people that that you know and love and have heard many and like hearing, but we want to try and get some people that really do dig deep into the Motorhead uh, myth and legend and separate one from the other. So I hope you're enjoying listening to it. I'm really enjoying doing it. We've got some great shows lined up for you. 
the world of Motorhead is still a very vibrant and lively place to be, and that is down to you people. So please do share the podcast, subscribe wherever you can, and keep coming back for more. But for now, that is all from me. Take care, catch you next time for another exciting edition of The Motorcast. I don't say agreed. The only god I need is the ace of spades. The ace of spades.